When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy. Yeah, welcome to it. Big weekend in footy, massive weekend. The finals are here and we are loving it. That's almost a promotion for Maccas, isn't it? Scotty Sattler, Jason Matthews here off the bench. Going to play some great interviews from throughout the week. Uh, Sharks Madman, an enforcer. Toby Rudolph, he's ready. He is ready for Saturday night's clash against the Roosters. And he's up against a Queensland origin front rower. Lindsay Collins. Lindsay, what a clash. I know. He's a, I'll tell you what, he's a lad too, Toby Rudolph. Yeah, we love him. In a world that where we live in, I suppose, less colourful players, players mm-hmm. that have got some character about them, Toby Rudolph, is, he makes life real. I love Respectable. him. Respectable. Character, absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean, and yeah, and, yeah with that, not not Brandon Smith character. I'm talking about you know someone who's got a bit of st- stuff behind them. Wait till you, cause Rat and I spoke to him the other night when you're on your way back from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Wait till he answers Rat's question about mate, how does end of season look for you? Yeah, mate, it, got plenty it, in store, has he? It, it'll make your hairs curl. Yeah, <laughs> we're all like going, wow, this is the ultimate boys trip. Do you know the one thing that Toby Rudolph has got the ability to do? Now he could say some of the wackiest. Stuff you've heard. It gets away with it. No, but you believe it. Yeah. It could be a total lie. Oh, man. But he's built this persona where he's this, you know, like a character off the hangover. <laughs> well. I love him. This will be the hangover times 100 <laughs> if he goes to the last location. There's a fair chance. He won't be back next year. There's a fair chance that our <laughs> that our government will be negotiating with another country to, to get his release. <laughs> We're going to see him on Banged Up Abroad. I guarantee it. We'll see him there. There'll be a whole episode about Toby Rudolph. <laughs> and he's chopped his toe off to avoid operation. Yeah. He's just there going, what? He's come out of the jungle of Columbia. Yeah. I don't want to give much away. Well, you just have. Uh, Billy Young, <laughs> former loose head prop for the Wallabies, ahead of uh, Australia's uh, campaign at the World Cup. Of course, Sunday morning, 2 a.m. It wasn't a big front rower, Billy Young. No, but very good. Yeah, he's a very good player, but he was a he was a smallish front rower. Well, yeah. Rat and I caught up with him as well, and his life's going very well. He's on the back of a yacht he owns. Rat would have played with him. They he? played 30 tests. Okay, wow. Um, Did he tell Bill Young that um, I played 45 tests for the Wallabies well, I didn't and know still the didn't rules. know the rules? No, he, he didn't mm. use that one. But at the moment, so you've got... <laughs> You got Bill Young sitting on the back of a yacht off yep. of Hayman Island eating a cheese platter. Mm-hmm. Rats with us. Yep. And his big TV gig, his new nickname is Primetime Rat. He's covering the World Cup at two a.m. Yeah. Right. He doesn't even get the five o'clock game. It's good. It's good for your life when you you know you're sitting around studios for like five hours between midnight and five a.m. It's good for your life, mate. If you it's want some money, health. just reach out to us. We're here, mate. We're here. <laughs> Chris Nelson got some racing Queensland news for us as well. Time for our running hot segment, except nothing less than Australia's best from Ream. Uh, the Warriors, underdog tags. Expected to make up the numbers in the finals. Really? 
Well, Who's of, saying this? Well, so-called experts are saying that, you know, if you want to meet a team in the first week of the finals, it's it's the Warriors. And we touched on this a little bit last week before the last round. It's, it's be careful what you wish for scenario. I, You know, this team is totally transformed from what we've seen in the past. I mean, they, they're they a real connected group, this Warriors. They're very well coached by Andrew Webster. Got to remember, Andrew Webster, when he was the coach, co-coach, assistant coach, I should say, of the Panthers, like anyone does, he knows his team weakness. Mm. He knows the Panthers' weakness because you've got to try and work on it to try and not allow teams to take advantage of it. And when I was over there on Monday, I asked him the question. I said, how many times have you mentioned yeah, I know, that you've been in New Zealand? I know. I know. It's, it's wearing thin, mate. Well, I'm just trying to use it for material for your show. <laughs> sorry. But he identifies some weaknesses in that yep. in that Panthers side. So with the with the Warriors, when no one expects them to to go anywhere in the finals, I think that's when they could this team could sneak up with probably arguably the top three best players in the competition at the moment with Sean Johnson, the way he's playing. Why would um, why would Nathan Cleary be getting advice from Dan Carter? Mainly around his kicking, and mainly around what's wrong with his kicking? Well, exactly. That's the first like question. Comparing you ask. chins? Yeah. Well, I don't think. What Dan was Dan Ca- Carter's chin like? Nah, he's very handsome man, Dan Carter. What? Very handsome man. My wife thinks he's very very handsome. Now, in saying that, he's what? worked with Dan Carter about not only his goal kicking, but mainly. Do you know we see a lot of. Fifth tackles on the halfway. You can't really kick it long, so they're kicking it high now. Yeah. So they've been doing that in rugby for many, many years. So it's about getting that sort of kick right and hitting it in the right spot and um, and variation of the kicks as well. So I've noticed a real a difference in and Nathan Cleary's kicking game this year. And he both he and Dan Carter, he likes to call on Dan Carter. Also, when you've won so much, they've won the last two competitions, how do you go to the next level yeah, you're when you're one of the key right, playmakers? Yeah. So yeah. with Dan Carter with so many Bledisloe World Cups, et cetera, um, yeah, just getting advice about probably more the psychological part of the game. So it's not a bad guy to lean oh, on. Well, absolutely not. Mm. And hang out with him. Be his wingman too. Yeah. Go to a, go to a, a cocktail bar, <laughs> order yourself a fluffy duck and just stand by and watch it. I wonder if Dan Carter TikToks. <laughs> you reckon he TikToks? Dan Carter, yeah, he TikTok. He wouldn't have to do anything, would he? He TikTok. He TikTok. TikTok. Um, what about this matchup Saturday night? Uh, Robbo versus Fitzy, mm-hmm. coaching against each other. Uh, I don't. Re- they're good mates. They've won three premierships together. I don't reckon. I don't reckon there'd be a phone call between the two this week. Would they be saying good luck? No, there'd be no good luck. But they, I, actually, I don't think they would reach out to each other. A little bit like Andrew Webster and Ivan Cleary. Maybe a cheeky little text. Now and then, but there wouldn't be in full conversation like they would be most other weeks. You've got to remember, uh, Craig Fitzgibbon, they're both life members of the mm. Roosters. Trent Robinson for his premiership winning coaching and Craig Fitzgibbon as part of the 2002 skipper. premiership winning side. Now, Freddie was skipper. Oh, sk- was he right? Yeah, but uh, Fitzgibbon scored a try. On that. Only one man of the match, didn't he? did. He yeah, won the Clive yeah, Churchill right. medal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're very close friends. Um, he's a really good coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. And he's only at the start of his journey as well. But absolutely. Ke- Ke- does he know any languages? Because I actually, you're going to laugh. I actually did read this on Fox that, oh, and, uh, and um, Robbo knows French. Yes. I was like, well, what the hell's this got to do? Cultured. 
Right. He's cultured. Right. Yes. Mate, they will whack the culture out of them on the streets of Cronulla. Mean streets of <laughs> Carring Bar. That's right. <laughs> at Westfield on Saturday night. You can stick your culture. It's not going to work down there, I, mate. You know what I do? I do like I do like that they've kept this game at the Shark, Shark I do Park too. Because based on the rules, they deserve to host the game. Whether it's only 11,000 or 12,000 people, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a difficult place to win Shark Park. But I think this Roosters side. ScoMo will be there. No they're doubt. primed. Yeah. Uh, just don't go to Maccas with ScoMo after mm. the game. Hey, quickly, before we go to a break, Luai. Seven to 800,000 apparently the deal is to him to stay at the Panthers. His deal finishes at the end of 2024. Yeah. Um, bit of talk that Canberra may be interested. Yeah. Well, this got th- just one of our listeners threw it across our table Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday night it was. Mm. And I think it's an interesting one because there's not a lot of halves on the market, quality halves. And, when and that you, is. When you've won a couple of comps, it, you, does your decision to stay there and continue to play top four rugby league or do you chase the money an extra maybe over three years or four years, an extra maybe six or seven hundred thousand dollars over three or four over two or three years, if that's your motivation. So you've, you're valuing him at around about a mil a season. No, no. Well, over a period of time, if if you're going to sign a four year deal and you get an extra hundred, hundred and fifty, that's six hundred thousand. Yeah. So if you're willing to knock that back and stay at a club with your mates and continue to play top four rugby league for some reason. And I don't know Jerome Luai well. I just know him to say hello to. For some reason, it doesn't seem to me that he's motivated by money. No, I think he'll want to play alongside Nathan and, yeah. and, and his mates, Toto. Because the money's yeah. going to come anyway. Yeah, that's so, right. I yeah. mean, how many how many houses in Penrith can you possibly own? Exactly. He'll own a half of Emu Plains. <laughs> it's like a one side of the Monopoly board, isn't it? Mm. All righty, uh, what do you think? 0457-736-736. Uh, running hot, except nothing less than Australia's best installer, Reem, Australia's favourite hot water. When we come back, that hard man, that madman, Toby Rudolph on Off the Bench. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. To his left, back to the right, Toby Rudolph. Toby Rudolph. Unstoppable. Oh, we know he's unstoppable. He is. And I tell you what, Rad, he's going to be unstoppable this uh, Saturday night uh, when they take on the Roosters mm. at Shark Park in front of a bumper crowd. What is it? About 13,000. They'll be they'll be mad, though. Most Sharkies fans down there, mate, they love their team. Toby Rudolph, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Now, mate, you're talking to one of the legends of the Cronulla Sharks. He's been banging on about your boys all year. Can you just get the job done for him this weekend? Please. Yes, look, um, as I said before, we were talking off air, I didn't realise that um, the plan was to go after the Roosters, but now that yourself and Matty Rogers, the legend of the club, wants us to get it done, it'll get done. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Good stuff, mate. Now, there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, the Shark Park and and it doesn't hold a big crowd. And, you know, what what would your message be for any Roosters supporters who've been make, making noise about it being played at Shark Park and be, should be should be moved to Allianz Stadium. What do you oh, say to please. them? Well, I guess I'd say to them that they probably should have finished a bit further up the ladder. <laughs> yes! I love it. I love it. Had it at Allianz Stadium, yeah. Um, it's also nice having a, a stadium being freshly built by the government's money. We've been waiting for quite some time <laughs> now and it seems that everyone else is getting the government's money but us. So yeah. that's what I have to say about that, boys. Yeah, yeah good, good on you, mate. Good one. 
Good on you. Now, um, this weekend's game, like, well, what was it, about six weeks ago? Yep. Your boys were on the slide. You mm. went over to Perth. You beat the Rabbitohs, which is unfortunate for my boys. Was there a turning point there, Toby? Was there, was there anything said within the four walls of, of, of the team that that um, changed the tune for the team and, and changed their luck and, and their playing style or getting wins on the board? Uh, finally, it was actually sort of the week before when we um, got dusted by the Panthers. It was... Uh, it was a 28-0 defeat, but in and amongst it, we realised that they actually only scored sort of one genuine try against us. The other, the other three or four were all sort of kick deflections and, and last play run the ball sort of things or kick tries. So we sort of broke that down and realised, well, if we can go sort of, you know, with the with the two-time premiers for the better part of 80 minutes, um, we just have to carry that defensive heart throughout the rest of the season. And luckily, we turned it around the following week in Perth against South. Uh, and we just sort of managed to find glimpses of it here and there. And now that it's come to the second, you know, the, the, the next part of the competition, you might say, uh, I believe we can really beat anyone on any given day. So I can't see how we can't do a real serious um, number on not just the Roosters, but on the rest of the competition moving forward as we go into the later weeks of the final series. Yeah, mate, it, it's a good point you make because I, I was banging on about that after the Penrith game yeah. about how well the Sharks defended. I, I was really impressed. I, I thought they scored a few opportunistic tries, and, and you're right. I'm, I'm glad you guys took that out of that game because I certainly saw it. Mate, how, in, in terms of your game, mate, how, how's the fitness? How's the toe coming along? You're getting longer minutes now. You're feeling good? Uh, for mate, I don't think I've ever felt good in a game of rugby league in my life. <laughs> um, it's a very tough game for a reason. Um, but the toes, you know, it is what it is. It's sort of... Uh, I'm in a moon boot um, after most games for a few days just to sort of, you know, calm it down and uh, at least try and play with as minimal distraction as I can uh, without as much pain as possible. So, uh, look, it's it's only a few weeks to go now and um, I'll be I'll be right with the toe and the lungs, they're always going to be a concern forevermore. So <laughs> I'm sure I'll be right. Hey, is there a different, um, different sort of pressure around the team this final series? Last year... You went out in straight sets, you know. Uh, but this year, is there a different sort of pressure or is there is there a less pressure this year finishing fifth? Um, yeah, it's an interesting point. I'm not too sure sort of what the answer is. I mean, last year we had, you're right, we had very high expectations finishing second and uh, sort of finishing the way we, finishing the year the way we did. Uh, this year, yeah, you know what, pressure is... Every game now is a do-or-die game, and that's pressure enough. Externally, whether you sort of acknowledge the pressure that goes on or not, luckily it doesn't really affect me too much. I'm just a front row in the middle of the field making third man in tackles, whereas someone like a Nico Hines or a Connor Tracy, they sort of have a, bit, a few more strings to pull with the whole team. Um, but for me, mate, it's a do-or-die game, and that comes with my pressure as it is. Oh, you mentioned Connor Tracy. Mm. Matt and I are massive fans. How good is he? He is 10 out of 10. And the problem is we've got Will Kennedy. He's also a 10 out of 10. Yeah. So, um, mate, it's, he's, what he's done this year to come in and not even, not just not miss a beat, but to actually excel wearing the number one on his back and, and to do a, a, such an amazing job in the absence of Will Kennedy, it's, you know, we've barely missed a beat with him at the back there. So he's definitely far too good a player to be playing reserve grade and he can sort of fit in anywhere on, on the park. So... Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have him in the team and it's just so good to see him playing good footy. Yeah, well, you mentioned Will Kennedy. We noticed he's been, he's been named in the 20, in the in the reserves for, the, for this game. Has he, has he been 
doing much training? How how far away is Will Kennedy from taking the field? Yeah, he's been doing a little bit with this. He's sort of on our um, on our big scrimmage days. He's done a little bit at fullback, not too much. Um, I, I, he's actually getting close now. I know he's sort of almost done a full week of training, if not if not two by now. So the uh, the man with no hair, Craig Fitzgibbon, he's got a decision on his hands to make very shortly as to um, who the fullback's going to be. But uh, yeah, uh, Matty, you can't be far off. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, mate, just talking about Fitzy, how has he been? I mean, obviously his first final man with no yeah, hair. Yeah. Yeah. finals campaign. He's got he's got such a calm demeanour. I mean, being down there with you boys a couple of times over the last couple of years and just seeing the way that he handles you boys. And, you know, some, I, was, I was sitting in the room, I'm thinking, fire up, Bitsy, come on, say something, get him going, you know. But <laughs> he doesn't have that sort of demeanour. I mean, he's going into his second finals campaign with the Sharks. He's, he's obviously, you know, the disappointment from last year. Have you, have you noticed a change in, in anything with him or has he, has he remained just that same pity that you've, you've noticed over the last couple of years? Yeah, no, he, he honestly doesn't change a whole lot. You've seen from you know, the inside of our four walls, man, he doesn't really get too up, doesn't really get too down. There's been times after this defeat and we get uh, 40 put on us and it's just like, mate, just yell at us. Just tell, just tell us off and he would just sort of stay calm and stay positive and he just does my head in. Um, but for the time being, like he, he hasn't been too much change. He sort of likes to keep a level head and yep. and uh, you know not really sort of bring too much attention to us or to himself and Mate, he's, as you've seen, he's an unreal coach. He knows what he's doing. Um, it's just now on to us to actually do a job for him. And probably do a job for Wade Graham as well, who's hanging up the boots. He's mm. a Cronulla legend, good bloke, bit of a try-scoring machine of, of late. Mate. A lot of talk around his retirement and you boys wanting to go out on a good note for him. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I, last week against the Raiders, we hadn't beaten the Raiders in, in four years, since 2018 or 19, whenever it was, and... I knew that if we beat them, we'd, we'd get a home final for, for Wade, and that was just so much motivation to to get the job done against them, and now even to you know just push his career out a few more weeks and and give him the send off that he truly deserves. I remember uh, he sort of had a at his retirement speech, he was speaking about how the, the likes of Paul Gallen and, and Luke Lewis and what he sort of felt um, when they were playing their last games. He didn't want to let them down, and mate, we're exactly the same. None of us want to let Wade down, so. We're doing everything we can to try and do that for him. Mm. Mate, a guy like Wade Graham, his, his best playing days, you know, we could all admit it probably behind him. He's, he's not as fast as he was and he's probably, he's probably as strong as he, he, he are ever you, has Are you going to say something nice but, about him yeah, eventually? But, right? but, what, but, but what, like a guy like Wade Graham, what he adds to the club and, yes. and uh, in and around the team, what, what does he do for the playing group, uh, Toby? Like what, what does he bring to the squad? Because... His experience, and, he, and he's just such a nice. He's a, he's such a good bloke, Wade Is Graham. He? Yeah, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what he does around the club in terms of getting younger players up and, and mentoring those guys? Well, I, I guess the way to describe it is it's, it's almost like having a coach out there with you. The way he, you know, he's almost talking to you in a game like it's training. He's sort of you know, oh, flip left. I got this. I got that. Make sure you push up here. He, he, he just like talks you through the game when you when you're around him, and you know the. The sort of the confidence that would give a young Braden Trindle who has you know, played 50 games in the weekend would just do him wonders. And I know that when I'm playing with Wade, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get out of him. You know he's not going to let you down in any way. And you know he's going to be barking in your ear all night. Um, and yeah, just around the grounds from a point of view for Wade Graham, he, you know, like you said, Matty, he's such a good bloke and he picks everyone up around him. And 
you know, he's always the first one sort of to say something before the coaches speak and the last one to wrap everything up. He makes sure that all the information um, goes into us and, and make sure that we sort of uh, are aware of what's going on around us too. So he's an invaluable member of our team and it's going to be very, very sad to see him go next year. We see him as a bit of a father figure around, the old man. So definitely sad to see him go, but hopefully we can send him out uh, the way he deserves. Yeah, mate. Now the Roosters have found a little bit of form. Um where, where do you where do you see you've got to you've got to stop them to, to get over the top of them on the weekend? For me, I, I see um, a bloke by the name of Lindsay Collins uh, across from mm-hmm. me, and for myself, that's that's what I'm concerning myself with. That's a, a mountain of a man, and you know he's one of the best front rollers in the game, and something that I aspire to be for sure. So that's that's where my sort of focus stops and ends. Um, obviously, you get the lights of Fletcher Baker, the Butcher Boys. Victor Radley, but if I can sort of see uh, Lindsay off and make it a personal battle for myself, then I think that'll be the best thing I can do for the team. Yeah, well, you're right, mate. He's, he's had a, he's probably been the Roosters' best this year, I'd say, Lindsay Collins. He's, he's been fantastic for him. So if you can do that, it'll certainly go a long way, mate. Now, mate, we know you love a good time. What You got any post-season plans? You got anything in the works? Are you going to behave yourself this post-season? What, what's happening for Toby Rudolph in the Please off-season? Don't. No, I think I've still got a few years before I need to behave myself. I'm still getting married, <laughs> that's just fine. Um, it's a bit of a uh, one-up for conjecture because I've got this toe thing going on. I might need surgery, so I've got about a thousand things planned. It's just sort of uh, where where we finish and and what happens to the toe as to as the way actually happens. I've got a possibility of a table fest depending on when we finish oh, the season. Oh, nice. Possibility of going. Yeah, that'd be nice. Maybe a week in Amsterdam afterwards. Check the site. Oh God. Um, <laughs> Then uh, what else we got? There's there's a few bucks going on over in Las Vegas. Oh, got a mate cool mate down in Miami. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a mate of mine from school that's traveling South America. He's currently around Colombia or Bolivia or something. Oh. So, boy, <laughs> just the chop the toe off, Chop the toe off oh, and get into it. I just want you to know, Toby, that that old story. <laughs> what happens in Vegas? It doesn't always stay in Vegas. Just be careful, mate. Be careful. We need you next year. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I won't stay in Vegas, but the stories will. <laughs> <laughs> Toby, I know you don't need our motivation or the words of the great former shark in Matt Rogers, but smash those roosters this weekend, mate. Good luck. Get into them, mate. Thanks, boys. Do me best. Thanks for having me on. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Gregan. Bill Young, first receiver. Charges into Ruben Thorne. He's done it. The hoot is gone. The Bledisloe Cup remains on Australian soil. Wow, it's been a long time since we've heard that. 21 years. Mm. 2002, that, wasn't it, right? Yeah, it was, yep. You scored a try? I did. In that game? Yeah, we yeah. We retained the Bledisloe Cup, and since that, it's all she wrote. Uh, our guest tonight to talk about the Rugby World Cup and... And what's going on and all the controversy around Eddie Jones is your old teammate, uh, loose head front rower. Yeah, fair that's enough. Right. Yeah, yeah, and you played about top. 30 tests with him. I did. Yep. Uh, now he's sitting on the back of a boat near Hayman Island <laughs> eating cheese and crackers. Bill Young, welcome to Sports Day. Life's tough, mate. Life's tough. <laughs> but Rogo, I remember you coming on the. I remember you coming on the field that night, scoring the try winners to Bledisloe, mate. Very exciting. <laughs> oh, they were good days. I think I'm one of the few people that's happy to see us. Well, not happy to see not not win a Bledisloe Cup because every time it comes back around, that that gets replayed, and I'm I'm on the back of a, a good little junket there for a few weeks. So uh, it's good times, mate. But we're talking <laughs> we're talking World Cup, Bill. Mate, you remember that 2003 yep. World Cup squad that we. 
we came so close. But, um, mate, Eddie, he hasn't had the greatest lead up to this World Cup. What have you made of his squad that he's picked to take over there? A few big names left out. Mate, there's some interesting selections there. But I, I, I think, mate, he's, he's made a decision to make a real change. You know, leaving, leaving, leaving Michael Hoover at home and making Will Skelton captain. That's a significant decision for Australian rugby. And he's certainly shown that um, he's not he's willing to he's willing to back himself and back his own credibility. And mate, he's yeah, you know, he's you know, the game's changed. We all watched South Africa smash New Zealand the other night with some big humans and Will Scott's a big human, you need big humans to beat you. Mm, so yeah. that's why he's my probably choice. Yeah, well he is a big imposing figure, Will Skelton, and that was probably the biggest sort of surprise for me to make him captain. It's um yeah, and to leave yeah, Michael Hooper at home, that was that was a real shock for me. Um, Bill, you, ha- you played under Eddie for a long time. You played with him at the Brumbies and you had him at the Wallabies. Um, he- he's a different type of coach. Uh, how do you think these younger guys are going to respond to him? Oh, I think they'll struggle, mate. They'll probably struggle with a disciplinary lock. Like Eddie sees, uh, he's a five-foot tall, five-foot half-Japanese bloke. It's probably going to be struggle for them to actually learn, you know, that his way actually is the right way because he's probably the hardest worker in the team. And uh, you and I both know that, Rogo. No one works harder than Eddie. Mm. And his work ethic should rub off onto the players. And he's a winner. And he wants winners in his team. And that's why he's made some decisions like he has, I think, from the outside. Mate, I'm a two-bob watcher from the outside like all of us are. But I'm assuming he's looking for winners. And you know, there's, no, there's no coincidence that blokes who win regularly. And you know, there's been too many blokes in that squad that have been losers. And he wants to, he wants to back some winners. So he's trying to find that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point, actually, isn't it? I mean, you, you can stick with what you've been, what's been happening, and you, you know we've been losing for twenty years. It's been, it's been that long, I mean, you, you made your debut against France in Paris, but rugby over in France, it seems to have gone to another level. They've got the top fourteen, and they've got two other um, professional competitions over there. Um, the game has just you know, grown in leaps and bounds. Do you think? Like the French, they look strong. I watched the test match against Australia the other night. Um, they looked impressive across the park. Do you think? They're probably the team to beat. And how do you think yeah. they're going to handle the pressure of a home World Cup? Mate, in the past, the French have acted on emotion. I think World Cup's gone by. The French have been very emotional because they haven't had the ability to actually try their try their form in the right in the right environment. As you pointed out, all the all the rugby that's going on over there and rugby's in Europe is now massive. Australia, we're behind the eight ball. I think as Australians, we don't realise how far behind we are with rugby union. As far as as a world game, we are a world game. Domestically, we're pretty ordinary, but on an international scale, the game is huge, and that's where we're falling behind a little bit. Now we we, we look at the you know, you're a rugby league like Rogo at heart from from the start, and you look you look at the players that we're producing now. Quite often, we're getting the second string rugby league guys they don't want, and I think that's problematic. I think Eddie wants to change that. He wants to pick rugby players. He wants to pick guys that actually understand rugby and want to play and want to play the game. And that's where we've all got to get behind him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. So, hey, I wanted to ask you, 2003, we had a home World Cup. The squad had a bunch of personalities. You know, there was yourself, you know, Jeremy Paul, Owen Fitting and Justin Harris and Wendell Staler, all these guys that really brought a, a, you know, a lighthearted mood to training but knew when it was time to work. I'm struggling to find those personalities in the game at the moment. But I think what you did... What you and 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 Ming and and uh, and and Owen Finnegan and, and Ming's Jeremy Paul for right, the listeners, good, thanks. Justin Harrison. What what you guys did? You brought a, a light-hearted nature to the hard work. Do you think that's something that, that maybe well, think, Australian I, rugby's missing? I think it is missing, mate. I think I, I think what we've missed is 
we, you know, we all of us, Robert, you came in from a league culture. We came from we came from an amateur background. The, the majority of us that went from amateur to professional sports, we were paid. We were amateurs being paid. So we all had personalities. We all had our, you know, our businesses outside of it. So therefore, we were very comfortable in our own skin. I think a lot of these kids these days are groomed from 14 and 15 years of age, and a lot of them aren't cutting it in the league circles. So they're coming back to rugby. They don't really understand the game. And that's I'm sorry to harp on that, but that's what I think we've gone wrong. And I think Eddie needs to realise. I think he's realising that we need to we need to generate our own our own players. Yep. And how we do that is by, I believe, reducing the number of teams and playing a good players together in two or three teams. That's it. I don't think we can have. I don't think we have this five team scenario. We're not. We're not. We're not big enough domestically to actually carry the game. And the sooner we get our good players playing together, then internationally we'll be better. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good point. I've been saying that for a while. I think we we spread the game too thin in this country, and there's no real competition at the at the, at the provincial level to to make each other fight for positions. But mate, I want to talk about Pool C. So Australia, they've got Wales, Fiji, Georgia, and Portugal. You got Wales, you know they they play in a tough Six Nations tournament. You got Fiji, they just come, they'll be confident. They just after beating England, we should cover Portugal and and Georgia. You would you would imagine. Um, well, but you, you think you would cover Georgia, but you remember Georgia and there's ten of their ten of their starting fifteen playing the French playing the French national division. Yeah, so you're going to have problems in two potentially their top fourteen. So you're going to have some issues there as well. So you've got some serious football playing for them as well. We saw Fiji beat England the other night. We we know we know Wales. We know us against Wales. We've always had the edge over them. Yep. However, that could, that could go pear shaped for us in Fiji. They're the unknown, mate, mm. and that's that's problematic for us. If they turn up and we give them a sniff, we will have some problems. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'd be a shame if we didn't get through the pool stages, mate. But where do you think Australia needs to improve to get through those those pool games? Mate, I think it, I, I think your halves are our biggest problem. I think you know we've got the, what's the, the young the young kid coming through there. Yeah, Tate McDermott, Carter Gordon. Tate McDermott, I think in the halves, we've always had, if we're going to be successful, we've got to have great halves, and we've got to be able to win the ball to give the halves to them. I think we're winning the ball quite successfully at scrum time. Line-out's a little bit of miss. That's another That's another issue for us. But that's always going to be an issue unless you pick some big back rollers. You know, if you go back to the uh, three time and, you know, you've got, you've some great line-out experience with Giff and Gould. And Dan Vickerman and those sort of guys, um, they actually could run a line out with two short guys in the back row, like Phil Wall and George Smith. These days, unless you've got some real smart cookies in the team, you can't do that. Yeah. And so we've got to get out. We've got to win the ball on the front foot and make sure our halves can play. And I'm, I'm concerned about our halves. That's my biggest concern. Yeah, I've actually been, and this is this is going to sound strange coming from me, Youngie. I've actually been pretty impressed with our scrum. You must have you must be watching that thinking, well, they're going all right. Oh, mate, mate, Billy. Billy's Billy's world class. I mean, it's, it's strange to say that for twenty-three year old he is, but I truly believe he's Angus Billy's world class. I think I think he can mix it with any in that world. He he plays well. I think he will play well in the World Cup. I think he 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 himself to be one of the best front rowers in the whole tournament. Uh, when you've got a guy like that in your front row, he'll carry the other two two blokes, and you'll you'll move forward with some successful forward ball. As you know, the scrum in Union. It gives a lot of confidence to everyone around you, yep. including the outside backs. Absolutely. When they see that dominance moving forward, they feel strong in themselves. They feel they've got a forward pack working for them, and then you guys can create what you've got to create. Yep. Yeah. Well, mate, it's going to be an interesting World Cup. We've got a lot to um, we, we've got a lot to look forward to, and hopefully, we're uh, we're cheering them through into the quarters. 
I mean, I'm sure we... I, I have no doubt we'll get through to the quarters. I, I, sure, as much, I just want to make sure they don't get complacent against Georgia, Fiji or Wales. Mm. I mean, Portugal's fine, but the other three, we've got to make sure we win those games, get through, pay Argentina or England. We can beat both those sides, and I believe we can get through the semi-finals. I do believe that, and then you don't know what's going to happen. Now, you blokes have spoken about all the serious stuff of rugby, and you have, we haven't talked about the lighter side of touring, apart from knocking, knocking off cutlery <laughs> at, at uh, the Palace. Uh, what was Rat like as a tourist teammate, uh, Bill? He was one of the best, mate. He was one of the greats. He was, mate, him when a lot of, when they came when they came into the squad, mate, they lifted, they, they not only lifted the, 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 the on-field presence, but the off-field presence. They were great contributors. They were good blokes. They enjoyed themselves off the field, which is what a lot of us did back then. We enjoyed ourselves a lot off the field. And I don't think, you know, the game's changed a lot, but, you know, that, that, was, that was important to us back in the day. And, uh, now the rap was a great tourist, mate. I, not too many stories, but I'll just I'll just keep a few under me hat because I don't, I don't want to upset the rat when I see him next for a beer. <laughs> Thanks, Youngy. And, and rat, what was uh, Youngy like Mate, as a tour? One of one of the greats, honestly. We we did have. Uh, <laughs> we, I mean, I missed out the reunion. The boys had a reunion a couple of weeks ago, and they all got together from the 2003 team. And I I, I missed it. I had to work. Um, <laughs> but phenomenal group, and and it was and and that's what made us. I, I think uh, we all wanted to fight for each other. You know, but we enjoyed ourselves off the field as much as we, we, we played hard off it as much as we played hard on it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a special group of men that I got to play with. And, 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 and Rob, we've got to understand young blokes these days, it's hard for them, mate. You know, they can't twitch without someone taking a photo of them or doing yeah. something. That's, and that's yeah. disappointing. I, I, I think it's hard for them to show their true personalities. They're so frightened of someone misinterpreting what can be a fun thing. Yeah. yeah. It gets misinterpreted by the media at times, and that's... And that's a challenge. That's a challenge for I think all professional sports field. But you know, in particular, the rugby union at a World Cup in a world in a world tournament, mate, you've got to be very careful how they behave these mm. days. And, and that's in a lot of ways sad because I don't think they get to show their true colours at all. Yeah, I, I guess that they they won't be. We spent a lot of time at the Hoey Moey on uh, during the World <laughs> Cup down in Coffshire, but we we gave that a nudge. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right, Bill. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you can do it anymore, mate, but anyway, we'll see how they go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we'll let you get back to your uh, your cheese platter. What's your cheese of choice on the back of the boat there? Mate, you know what I love? I love doing the, the apricot cream cheese, a little bit of fruit and cheese. Oh, a bit old yeah. School. yeah. And, a bit, and, a bit, and a bit of French onion dip. Oh, Chats <laughs> crackers. Nice. Yeah, how good is that? Picture you right now, youngie. <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous. Wallabies <laughs> play Georgia 2 o'clock Monday morning. Catch that on Stan and also on 9. And, and if you're up early enough, Bill, you'll see uh, the Rats doing <laughs> pre-game, half-time, and full, although he says, you know, I don't think you'll be awake <laughs> at full-time. Full so, yeah. I've, I've, heard, I've heard the Rats are TV personality. Oh. I'm looking forward to seeing you. We're calling him Primetime Rat. <laughs> yeah, 2 a.m. The Primetime Rat. Love it. <laughs> Bill Young, Wobby's legend. Thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thanks for your time, boys. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. We catch up with the man every single week. He's here delivering the goods. We hope so. Uh, He sits in a basement all day, every day. Never see sunlight. (laughs) Also, is that true? Uh, Well, I did have to get some sunspots removed a little while back, Seth, so that can't be true. That was mould. There's something in this room that I don't know about. (laughs) Mould. Good Yeah, you could be right. 
<laughs> Very good call. Hey, Nelson, uh, massive weekend of racing across Queensland, of course. It is. Uh, of course, you've got the Cairns Amateurs, the big meeting there on uh, on Saturday, but we've also got a meeting at Eagle Farm. No, we haven't. We've got a meeting at Doom, and I'm looking at last week's uh, sheet there. We've got a meeting at Doom, which uh, is highlighted by the running of the Doombin Mile. We've got a meeting at uh, Aquas Park on the Poly Track, and we race at Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone. Sunshine Coast on Sunday. They're the tab meetings, but a couple of cup meetings, a couple of country cup meetings also on Saturday. Now, I'm sure we know where all these places are this week, Jace. If not, Sats will help us out. Yeah, Maduri. Who? Gundawindi. Gundy, oh, Gundy, uh, that Gundy. is, yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Morven, M O R V for Victor, E N, no. Morven, no. and, and Thangul. Thangul, we know, don't we, Sats? You know where Thangul is. You talk about it all the time. Thangul? Yeah, you're always, every day, you go, Thangul, it's Friday. <laughs> every time you come into the office. <laughs> uh, I, do, okay. I do know Morven, that's, that's sort of Charleville way. I'm, way. I'm, I'm figuring <laughs> Thangul is on the coast somewhere. It's got that kind of nice seaside vibe name to it, right? And Chris, as our racing Queensland expert, you're meant to tell us. Yes. I was thinking to myself, it's probably something that he says each week that sounds like Thangul, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> right. Mm. Okay, no worries. And not only do we want you to tell us the location, exactly where it is, but what the best pub in town is from now on. Lift your uh, game. The, um, it's the, uh, what do they call it? The um, well, Thangul the is just west of Agnes Water. No, everything. Told you. There you go. Every just... town has the same pub. The Royal. That's it. The Royal. Near Billawila. There we go. I thought I'd seen the name of it somewhere yeah. when I went up to Agnes. Near yeah, Billawila. All right, Matty. Tips this weekend. Let's do, see if you do. Uh, and there's a pub called the Hotel Thangul. Not the oh, Criterion? No, no Criterion. <laughs> no. All righty. What do you got <laughs> as Okay, tips? guys. Here we go. Race one, number eight, Outlawed, can go on her winning way and win again. She's uh, going for three straight and she's flying. So what we'll do is we'll put her in a multi mm-hmm. uh, with race six, number four, Deep Respect. Okay, Deep Respect. Uh, they'll both start well in black figures. No issues there. But Deep Respect is having its third start. Very good on debut. Very good second start, but once a bit further and gets to 13.50 on Saturday. So... They are the two good things at Doombin, and I would suggest to put those in a multi. Race one, number eight, and race six, number four. Rightio, Nelson. Um, check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Nelson. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Chris Nelson right there. Right there. Before we go, let's uh, let's do our Saturday Outlook Satsy. Optimise your canola with new Optimum GLY hybrids from Pioneer Seeds. Panthers no. versus Warriors, Nervous. 4 p.m. You are? Yeah, I am. I am. Is this because you're now a Warriors supporter after you did their dinner, or is this as a Panther? Well, always loved the Warriors since Cameron George, their CEO, has taken over. Now Andrew Webster, their coach. They're good humans. You've officially now got eight teams. But in saying that, Everyone's underestimating them. And the Panthers, tough to beat at home. Very tough to beat at home. I've got like a 90% success rate there. But in saying that, there's no Jerome Luai. I think that's a huge out for the Panthers. Mm. I think the Panthers win. I don't think it's as, as easy as a lot of people are expecting it to be. I think this Warriors side, are, everyone's underestimating them. So I, what's your pick? Panthers by, I'm going to say Panthers by six. I think the Panthers will win that as well. Yeah. I think people underestimate the Panthers. Well, they're just expecting them to get it done. Well, people expect them just to get it done at home. At home. And they won't rest on their laurels either. They'll, 
That's a great cliche, isn't it? They'll um, yeah, they use it to their advantage. The home ground. Um, a lot of people divided on this game. This is probably one that is a toss of a coin. The Sharks and the Roosters, seven fifty Saturday night. I, I, I'm on the Sharks all the way. I think their form's been pretty good as well. I did watch the Roosters, and I don't like the Roosters. Mm. I will say that as a South supporter. That their performance against South last week wasn't great. There was a lot of lost ball. Um, yeah, it wasn't great, but it's also a very good sign that you win games when you play really badly. I'm not really, don't they didn't play, play really badly. They, they, they were probably a six and a half, seven out of ten. Yeah, they were. And Souths weren't great. But in saying that, when you still win those games, you sort of get in the dressing sheds, you wipe the brow, and you go, I'm lucky we got away with that one. Now we've got the ability to give, give ourselves some space and work on what happens next week. Now they're in the finals. I think they beat the Sharks. I, I just you think no, I don't. I, I, I just think purely because, and I'll go back to 2009 with Jared Hayne. I just think he just grabbed that side on the back of his on his back and just carted them through the finals. And I think Tedesco is a better player than Jared Hayne. He's in good form, isn't he, at the yeah. moment? But I, I think Roosters by two. Do you? Yeah, I'm picking the Sharks at home in front of that big crowd of 800. Uh, and I hate saying that because <laughs> Craig Fitzgibbon is everyone, one of everyone's yeah, anyone who's ever met. He's yeah. one of the your favourite people in the league. Um, I know this is the uh, Saturday outlook, but I'm chucking in Sunday's game. Knights versus Raiders, 30,000 in Newcastle. It's another Sunday the sellout. Jones Stadium, for some reason, the capacity keeps growing. Well, it's, tw- it's against when they played South that Sunday. 28. It was tw- no, 28, 29. Yeah. So they've, they've sold 30,000 tickets. It's a sellout. Full house sign. Knights should get the job over the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are lo- uh, without lots of stars. Crisp is out. Uh, who else is Did you say Crisper? No, crisp is out. <laughs> that tray Did in the you bottom say of your Krispy Kremes. <laughs> oh, you know it's their birthday today at Penrith, the original store. Do you know when it was getting built, we used to train yeah. on that backfield, and they oh, said it's going to be this Krispy Kreme. First one built in yeah, Australia. Yeah. We're going one. Why do they build it in Penrith? Yeah. Two. Who's going to buy that many donuts that it's going to be able to stay open when it first opened? Didn't you underestimate the local community? When it first opened, <laughs> there were lineups around the block to get Incredible. in. People used to fly to Sydney, drive out to Penrith, get boxes of them, and then bring them as carry-on on flights back to wherever they're going. And that's probably where they got the idea to sell them at the airport. Exactly. How, the overhead compartments mm. full of Krispy Kremes. Yeah, it was amazing. So, But this one... Um, the night's easy. Come on. Yeah, no the, Horsburgh. Who else? There's another third player. No Josh Papalee. Papalee. Yeah. The Knights should win it. The Knights should win it. Uh, now, yeah, Callum Ponger is going to play under sufferance with a needle in his shoulder. Having done that myself, exactly the same injury, I reckon you've got about a four-week window before it really starts affecting right, you. Okay, and what yeah, I mean by that yeah. is you can't do things in the gym that you used to, which and you really need to. You really need to continue yep. to, to try and um, stay fit in the body. And that starts being affected after about three or four weeks. So I reckon yeah, he's right, got a four-week okay. window where okay. it starts affecting his form. All right. Optimise your cropping rotation with new Optimum GLY herbicide tolerance trait canola hybrids. From Pioneer Seeds. This is uh, off the bench. Back Monday night. You and I, Sats, are yep. back Monday night for Sports Day from 6 o'clock. We'll wrap up the first week of the finals in oh. the NRL, but also the AFL too. A heap of AFL action going on this weekend. Uh, catch you then, Satsy. See ya. Good.